0: You're listening to the You Are Limitless podcast, where you're going to awaken to your limitless nature using principles of business, psychology, neuroscience, and spirituality to effortlessly create extraordinary business success and impact and lasting personal well-being. Hi, I'm your host, Ani Manian, trusted advisor to the world's top CEOs entrepreneurs, leaders, and change makers, and I'm going to help you take your life and business to levels you never thought possible. I believe that the quality of your life and business is a direct reflection of your level of consciousness, and there's a universe of possibilities waiting for you right outside your current frame of thinking. If you're ready to play the game of life and business on God mode, then this is the podcast for you. Hello and welcome back to the show. So if you're a regular listener of this podcast, then you know that I'm all about this idea of creating our own reality, creating a reality by design rather than by default, literally creating who we want to be and what we want to experience, not as a function of our past, Not as a function of what we've experienced in our childhoods, not not as a function of our conditioning, not as a function of what we know, the things we've already done, but from a place of choice, from a place of freedom, from a place of intention, and from a place of awareness. So, I have a very special episode here for you today. This is a live conversation that I'm releasing on the show with one of my really, really good friends, Allison Waddell, who, along with her partner, Ken Adolf, Dr. Ken Adolf, is the founder of the Illuma Clinic. The Illuma is a psychedelic therapy clinic, and they use A psychedelic substance known as ketamine which is also used as a as an anesthetic for medical procedures but ketamine is used as a psychedelic medicine to help people really unlock their consciousness and really understand themselves in a way that allows them to have more choice and more freedom in who they're being so in this conversation we have a con we have a chat about this idea of innate mental well-being. Now, this might be familiar to you if you've been following the show, but in case it's not, I just want to share what this, just a little bit of an intro into what this conversation is all about. Because this is one of the things that I'm most passionate about. You see, a lot of people think that There is some sort of gap or separation between where they are now and where they want to be. Between who they are right now and who they want to be. Between the experience of life that they have right now and the one that they want. And they typically see this as a progressive path. As in, they need to do some work. They need to do some things. They need to learn some things. They need to exert some effort. They need to take some time. And when they apply all these, all these forces to themselves, to their mind, to their body, to their life, then they'll arrive somewhere, right? And this place where they'll arrive at will be the place that presumably they want to be in. They want to inhabit. They want to occupy. Now you can consider this the Newtonian model. So if you remember, you know, basic physics, Isaac Newton, he came up with uh, the laws of motion, where there was an object, and if you wanted to move that object from point A to B, you had to apply a certain force. And depending on how much force you applied, and the mass of the object, it would take a certain amount of time to get from A to B, and it would traverse that space at a certain velocity or speed. So most of the planet, most human beings, they live in this Newtonian paradigm when it comes to personal transformation. And even when it comes to the transformation of You know, different aspects of their life, like their relationships, like their business, like the amount of money they have, you know, how good they feel on a day to day basis and so on and so forth. Now what I'm proposing here is a completely different paradigm. And in this paradigm, you are already and always sitting in the middle of this really fundamental and innate kind of well-being and rather than this being a journey from point A to point B where you exert a certain amount of force and you expect this journey to take a certain amount of time, you uncover, you reveal what is already here for you. So I don't want to give too much away. This is going to be a really, really powerful conversation. This is going to be actually a paradigm shift in how you might think of yourself, how you might think of the people in your life, how you might think about every aspect of your life. So I really hope you enjoy this. And if you do, please leave a comment, leave a review, send me an email. I love to read messages that I get from you guys. I do this from a place of devotion, love and service and it means so much to me when someone shares, you know, how, how this this content impacts them. So without further ado, I give you my conversation with Ali Waddell.
1: Fridays where I sit down with woke folk providers and we talk about modalities and tools and tips to keep you shiny bright. I'm a little sweaty, so I'm a little sticky, I'm gonna sit like this. <laughs> so, I'm sitting down. I don't know why this took me so long to get this guy in this chair next to me because he's one of the only people that I hang out with. <laughs> Ani Mahani is here with me. He is one of my besties. He's me and Ken's bestie, him and his lovely other half lee are probably one of the only couples that we hang out with very consistently because yeah. we met each yeah. other our eyes locked <laughs> actually ken and annie's eyes locked right here <laughs> and, right here in Aluma, and the rest was history so annie why don't you do a brief introduction of yourself and then we'll kind of deep dive into your weirdness
0: let's do it <laughs> <laughs> so i'm annie um I am officially, I guess, what I like to call myself as a human potential and performance coach. I'm also um, a psychedelic, somatic, interactional psychotherapist, um, as well as a whole bunch of other things, but I'm basically here on the planet to help people eliminate the suffering that they experience on a moment-by-moment basis, emotional, mental, psychological suffering. And actually, create their reality—not the one that they were conditioned to operate in, uh, but the one that they choose to be in—to actually have what they want and to feel good as much of the time as possible, which I believe is the only job we have.
1: Yes. To feel
0: good.
1: Yes. Well, I want to go. I'm going to do a brief backstory on us because I think it's an awesome story. So. December of 19 yeah. we had an event here at Aluma which was the Christina Wise event uh, who's also one of our good friends and she had an event here at Aluma and who did you know? Christina. <laughs> oh that's who invited <laughs> that's you. Yeah. Oh Danielle. Danielle. Danielle yeah. and Christina. Yeah. So they were like oh our friends are coming in from New York. They're That, that morning. Yeah that day they're on their way here. They're gonna come by, they're about to vagabond across the globe for 2020. We all know now that that didn't happen. <laughs> but then we did not know. We did not know. And they literally walked in, and I'm not kidding, Like it really was like this hilariously kismet, yeah. hilarious situation where Ani and Lee, I mean, Annie and Ken somehow like locked eyes and they were standing at this window downloading each other like real intensely same
0: same person in different bodies.
1: (laughs) Exactly. They do have a very similar backstory. So I think there was some connection there. And then I met Lee and I was like, Yes, another bad bitch doing awesome stuff. And they're like, Well, we're not gonna be here for long. (laughs) So we can be your friends for like a month. But then COVID happened, which one of the very big positives for us was that Ani and Lee got trapped in Austin. (laughs) not really part of their plan but it turned out into like a really awesome thing and they really are our closest friends and our soul people and the other thing that because I know a lot of our Illuma patients watch this Ani is the voice that you listen to before you start your ketamine infusion, because he's the one that created and recorded our guided meditations, and everybody's obsessed with them, and they all ask for the link after they listen to them, and everybody listens to them at home. Oh.
0: <laughs> that makes me so happy.
1: So, I just wanted to give that backstory, because I thought that that was fun.
0: Well, you guys are the reason why we stayed, and why we're oh. still here,
1: so. yes, love yeah. them. So, I think there's just so much to unpack with us because we've had a ton of really deep conversations on and off of psychedelics. And um, have done a lot of work together just as friends. Um, But I think one of the things that I find the most interesting of how you work with people is your mindset and philosophy around why people suffer and why they're suffering. And I would love for you to kind of unpack that for people of how you think of that because you think of that in a different way than any person that i've ever met in my whole whole life and it's really it's a it's a big difference in perspective and that there's a shift that can occur immediately which most people don't believe in
0: yeah so i believe in a concept that you can think of as innate mental health And we can even generalize this to innate health. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there is a natural intelligence to everything, right? The intelligence that turns acorns into oak trees, the intelligence that makes the wind blow and the sunshine and, you know, the grass uh, grow and how we start off as a a cell. Literally. Literally. And we turn into this Body, right? And there is a there's a design. There's a kindness to nature's design that is so inherently perfect. Mm-hmm. And when we work in accordance to that design, we experience health. Yes. We experience vibrance. We thrive. We feel really good. We are in a state of creation. Um, and to contrast that state of creation, typically any human being will experience one of two states. We can group all the substates into, we're either in a state of threat or stress or survival, or we're thriving, we're healthy, we're we're creating, um, and we're expanding, right? So there's this duality that all of the universe exists in, the yin and the yang, expansion, contraction. And so when we work in accordance to our design, then we thrive we feel really good and we enjoy life right we enjoy every moment and when we don't then we contract right and we experience that contraction in the body as tightness tension we experience that contraction in the mind as stress anxiety fear doubt overwhelm we experience it as negative thoughts Um, and pretty much you know everything that is experienced as some sort of psychological, mental, emotional suffering is actually a fabrication. It's entirely self-created. But it's not self-created in a way that, you know, we're doing it intentionally. It's actually the exact opposite. We're innocently subjecting ourselves to this suffering. And so the way we can think about this is that when we experience an event that doesn't feel good in our body, Right, we slip and fall, we hurt ourselves, um, you know, our parent yells at us for something, you know we bomb a test and it feels really shitty. In that moment, when we're experiencing that event, we may experience pain of some sort. It could be physical pain, mental pain, emotional pain. But the residue, the imprint that that leaves on us, that we continue to carry, you know, we call that trauma. We about many things. But that is what creates this impingement in our baseline state of innate health. And the, long, the longer we carry that, the more we experience the suffering that that brings with it. And our natural state is to be healthy. Our natural state is to be well, but for our tendency to hold on to things that disrupt the flow of energy. Because everything in the universe is designed to flow. Right? We can't hold on to anything. We can't hold on to even a single breath. Because the breath goes in, the breath goes out. We can't hold on to food. The food goes in, the food goes out. And so we are meant to be channels. We're meant to be this pipe through which life energy flows through in all these different forms. Same with money. When we hold on to things, then that creates stagnation. I mean, there's all of oriental medicine. Jenna, who also works out of this space, like her entire body of work, is based on this idea that Mm -hmm. the blockage in the flow is what creates the problem. So whenever we experience a less than favorable experience of life, it's because we're holding on to something. And that is entirely our creation. It's entirely up to us. And the natural tendency of everything in the universe is to allow the restoration of flow. So when we restore that flow, the body, the mind, the being returns to its beautiful natural state of well-being which is our birthright it is who we are it is what is underneath all of this fabricated construction of suffering that we are creating in
1: Mm-hmm. and that's something that we've really touched on is like uh in some of our talk talks that i'm in concurrence with is that healing is just an act of remembrance it's actually an act of subtraction it's yes. pulling yes. things yes. away yes. Yes. whereas most people are under this illusion that it's packing things on. Well, if you just did this, and you did this, and you did this, right. and you did this, right. This, right. then you will be better. <laughs> right. And really, yeah. what we have both shared a belief in is really it is unpacking everything, all these layers that you get gooped on you over years of living
0: life. And that's, you know, even intuitively, that makes so much sense to me. It feels good mm-hmm. that for me to be well I'm not missing anything. Yeah. That there is there's nothing that's hollow or empty in me broken. that needs to be broken, yeah. that needs to be fixed. Right? And when we operate out of this paradigm that something is broken, something needs fixing, then I'm gonna keep finding things that are broken, keep finding things to fix. When I'm holding a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Exactly. But when we start from this place of inherent perfection, mm-hmm. that I'm perfect, but for some things that I might be holding on to and carrying And if I can subtract those things, I can come back to that this place of fundamental. They're called fundamental well-being because it's fundamental. It's who we are. Mm -hmm. So it just even feels good to to consider that as a perspective. And this is this goes along with another thing that I, I think about a lot, which is there is zero distance between where we are and where we want to be.
1: This is a hard one for many. Mostly
0: my partner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: we had a very intense conversation about this, make, so let's explain yeah. that. Yeah, because
0: we want to make everything a process. We want to put what we want far away from us. Yeah. We want to create distance. We work. Wanna create separation. Work. I gotta it, earn it. I gotta earn it. I gotta do something, right? Mm-hmm. I have to achieve it. I have to expend some effort, some time, mm-hmm. um, because I can't have it right now. And if I do those things then I would have earned the right. I would have done the work because there needs to be some sort of exchange. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the ways we fundamentally create separation throughout life. Separation between us and ourselves. Separation between us and our uh, romantic partners and friends. Separation between us and the things we want to have. The experience of life we want to have. Mm-hmm. The feelings we want to feel. Because we make it contingent, dependent on something else. When I make the money, then I can be happy. Yeah. When I get the partner, then I can feel loved. When I buy the house, then I can feel safe. Mm-hmm. Well, what we find is we get to that place and then we find something else, another way to put it further away from us. Mm-hmm. So the, the way I like to think about this is that the experience of life that we wanna have is available to us right here, right now. And this is where it gets really juicy. It's only available to us right here, right now. Because it's only in the now that we actually have the power to choose. Choice only ex- exists right now. We can't experience choice in the past because it's done. We can't experience choice in the future because it hasn't happened, which means the only time that I get to feel the way I want to feel is right here, right now, because when the future comes a year from now, if I've made it you know, a process that's gonna take me a year, at that moment, it's going to feel like now. It's not going to feel like the future. Yeah. And then I'm going to find another subtle way to push it away from me. So this moment right now is the only moment that you can be free. This moment is the only moment that you can be well. This moment is the only moment you can be happy. And if you say that I need dot, 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 dot to, for me to be happy, for me to feel safe, for me to feel loved, for me to feel enough, mm-hmm. that moment will never come. Yeah.
1: I'm not going to kick back on that because i actually am in full concurrence with that uh what i do what i do find is so then so this act of getting back into flow though is a practice that people yeah. need to learn yeah so i would say would you call that a i mean a practice or a process i mean it's something you have to be most people going about their day-to-day life in the American do not have never heard the words that you just said. And so obviously they have to learn how to do that, Yeah. Yeah. right? So isn't that a process though?
0: Yeah, so (laughs) the way I would describe this and what I'm finding with my work Mm -hmm. that I keep coming back to this idea that everything is a paradox. Mm. That our ability to be happy and to thrive is completely dependent on our ability to hold a paradox. So paradox is two opposing ideas, right? So for us to, you know, I, we need to A, have be able to uh, attune to this idea that it's not a process. It's only in the now. We can have it right here, right now. It, we can't create separation. And we have to hold, be able to hold the idea simultaneously that for me to get there, I have to go through a process. Mm-hmm. And that process might be the process of, you know, emotionally digesting, undigested experiences that were traumatic for me at the age of six, and because I'm carrying those in my system, as long as I'm carrying those in my system, I can't be free, I can't restore flow, and therefore, once I get there, then I can have this right here, right now, Mm -hmm. right? So it's that paradox that I do need to do some work, but it's where I do the work from. It's not what we do, it's where we do that work from. Yeah. So if I do the work from that, hey, I, I'm gonna keep being on this path and one day I'm gonna get there, I'm never gonna get there. Mm-hmm. But if I do the work from the place that I can have this anytime I want, I, and I can only have it right now, so what do I need to do to get myself into that state?
1: Yeah, then, so that that's possible. Exactly, yeah. exactly,
0: exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I'm in love with this man, he's one of my favorite humans, and I've seen it work in, with multiple clients of ours that we share, that one of the things um, that is a shared experience by many people that walk through the door at Aluma is they have been stuck in a paradigm mind shift for years, if not decades, many times multiple decades, many times most of their lives. And that is all about narrative identity, which yeah. is something that I love your take on it, which is the story that you're living your life yeah. through. Yeah. And a lot of people who walk through the store have a story of, I'm depressed, I've always been depressed, I'm anxious, I have trauma, I'm. Broken, I'm this, I'm that, I'm never, I don't really deserve to be happy. I mean, there's a lot wrapped up in there, but a lot of us carry around these, you know, false identities and narratives of ourselves that make it actually impossible to get to the space that Ani is talking about unless we're really ready to own them, number one, bring awareness to them, and then to let them go. And so I would love for you to kind of explain narrative identity in your own words, and then how do you work with people to unravel that? Because I find that practice really awesome.
0: (laughs) So, okay, who you are is 100% based on who you think you are, right? So if I ask you, who are you, you might, You know, share your name. You might share where you live. You might share your age. You might share all these attributes about yourself. You might say that I'm, you know, I love cars or I'm really bad at math or I love playing soccer. And you're going to describe all these things. And maybe you'll talk about, you know, your childhood. Maybe you'll talk about how, you know, you wanted to be an accountant growing up and because your math teacher told you that. You suck at math and you got a D. You know, it made you feel some emotions. And that emotional discomfort made you avoid anything mathematical. And you went into theater, musical theater. And, you know, you've spent your entire life pursuing the arts almost as a way to avoid mathematics. So this entire identity that comes up when you think of who you are is a complete fabrication. It's a construction, right? It is made up. And initially, it was made up for you. From the age of zero to seven, as you were growing up, you were imprinting everything that you were experiencing in your environment directly into your subconscious mind. And you were forming the sense of self. Because as a baby, you were pure experience. You were purely embodied. There was no me there's no sense of self, and there's no other, right? You started um, developing this sense of baby and mommy, baby and daddy, baby and this other person, right? And so as we're growing older, we're forming the sense of self, and the sense of self is being formed thanks to our primary caregivers, our parents, people who are taking care of us, grandparents, nannies, And it's being formed in opposition to their perspective about us. And from their perspective about us. And we're internalizing who we are based on how they treat us. So a baby that doesn't get picked up when it's crying, when it's hungry, is going to have a certain sense of self that it's creating, that it's going to carry and associate into its entire life. So at age 60, We're still gonna be living from the template that was formed at at six months old. And so our sense of self develops as a reaction to the experiences we have as we're growing up. So zero to seven, our brainwave state primarily is a theta brainwave state, which is a state of hypnosis. We're imprinting everything. We're forming our sense of self. And then, you know, typically, until the age of, you know, 10, 11, we're highly dependent. It's the first phase of our life. Then we go into the state of independence. We're pushing away from parents. We're pushing away from authority figures. We start rebelling. And we're forming ourselves in opposition to these forces that are trying to control us. And then eventually, at some point, when we get older, we enter into the stage of interdependence. We create romantic partnerships. We coexist, right? But our entire sense of self is being fabricated as we go. And we internalize these beliefs. We internalize these stories about who we are. And we carry them as if they're truth. Right? And this just becomes who we are. It doesn't appear as a story. It doesn't appear as a belief. It just appears as fact, as who we are. We take it to be real. And then we carry that for the rest of our life until someone shows us otherwise. The bottom line is pretty much everything you believe, in general, but especially about yourself, is completely made up. There's only three things that are true, objectively true. And I'll tell you what they are. One is that you exist. You can't argue with the fact that you exist, right? If we're talking about absolute truth, it has to be 100% true, 100% of the time. So can you argue with the fact that you exist? If you're Watching this, listening to this, you can't. So you exist. Second, you are aware. So there's some part of you that knows that you are aware. You're conscious, right? You can't argue with that. So that's another absolute truth. That's the second one. The third one is that you experience. You experience smell, you experience taste, you experience sight, you experience touch, you experience feelings, you experience thoughts. You, you can't argue with the fact that you experience things, right? Now, these three things are the only things that are objectively true. Pretty much everything else you will find if you inquire deep enough that it's not 100% true 100% of the time. For example, I, I can say that my partner was mean to me this morning, right? Now, that is an opinion. It's a belief. But is it 100% true 100% of the time? Will she think that she was mean to me? (laughs) No. She'll think that she was just being direct, and she was actually being kind to me because she was pointing something out. Now the fact that I internalize that as being mean, being rude, is entirely my subjective perspective. It's 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 an opinion, it's a belief. You will find that pretty much everything you believe about yourself is not an absolute truth. It's a subjective perspective. And a lot of the things that you believe about yourself are not very nice things to believe about yourself. They're actually quite mean. If you talk to another human being, the way you talk to yourself, the way you treat yourself, they would not hang out with you. They would not want to be with you. They would not you know, feel very good about you. But we are incredibly mean to ourselves. We're incredibly judgmental about ourselves. We beat ourselves up. We crit- we're very critical of ourselves. We punish ourselves. Thankfully, our parents were there to instill and imprint all these ways of being. That's how they conditioned us, which is that's why we treat ourselves the exact same way we picked up the stick where they left off. Mm-hmm. So the, all these things we believe about ourselves that forms our narrative identity because we think in terms of stories. The subconscious mind, you know, references everything in a story and it internalizes the characters in a story. So there's four major roles, perpetrator, victim, uh, bystander, and hero that we're internalizing in emotionally intense experiences, particularly traumatic experiences. So we're, we have all these characters, we're creating this movie, where we're the star, and there's all these people in our movie, right? And the story is evolving, and we end up living out this made up narrative identity, most of which is very painful so the challenge with there's nothing wrong with having a narrative identity but the problem is we're writing really sad movies we're (laughs) writing like really violent movies yeah and usually we're the ones losing Mm -hmm. and so when we continue to believe in this fabricated sense of self we continue to suffer so the reason why all this is important is that when we can start to question all these things we believe about ourselves do you know if you know you might have an opinion that you are I mean this is a real one that I worked on with someone this person legitimately believes that they're very unattractive that they're ugly Mm -hmm. and we had an entire session where we're like how do you know that this is true Like, can you be absolutely sure that this is true yeah is there one person on the planet who would disagree with this (laughs) right yeah so because if we're taking something as fact it has to be absolute yeah and so when we start questioning all these beliefs we have about ourselves we start creating space because suddenly it's like, wait, what if this is actually not true? And that's a possibility we've never entertained. Yeah. For this person, the fact that they might actually be attractive is not a thought they've ever had. hmm It's a it's a reality that it's a reality that they've never experienced. They've never experienced reality in which they're attractive. Yeah. They've never experienced with re- another person. They've never experienced reality where they're smart, where they can, where they're rich, where they're healthy or happy, and so. This changes everything, because once you open up, just for even for one second, if you allow yourself to experience a reality which is the opposite of this painful reality, this painful story that you've been repeating to yourself your entire life, something magical happens, a space opens up. Because as soon as you open the possibility, then you make it real, right? As soon as you interrupt that thought and you replace it with a thought that feels good, And there's always a better feeling thought available to you then something opens up and now you can add energy using your attention the more attention you put on something the more you energize it the more you energize that possibility that you might actually be incredibly good looking that you smell extremely nice that you feel you're an extremely happy person or whatever it might be the more you energize it where attention goes, energy flows. And where uh, attention goes, energy flows, you're actually wiring those neural synapses together. You're creating new neural networks. And as you create new neural networks, you're creating these highways, and over time, super highways, for those positive thoughts. And suddenly, those are the thoughts that you begin to have. And as you do this, you're literally changing the narrative of who you are. You're changing your sense of self. And as you realize that you can actually change who you are, you can change your physical reality, you can change the physical structure of your brain, because the way the structure of your brain was formed was with these thoughts and feelings. And you can have these new thoughts and feelings to create a new reality. You, fu- you, you realize that you can actually step into the driver's seat of your life, and you can be the author of your reality you can create your reality by design you can choose who you want to be you can choose how you want to live you can choose how you want to feel that you don't have to be a victim you can be a creator mm.
1: and that's where the freedom is
0: and that's where freedom is yeah because the ultimate freedom is freedom from our own thoughts Freedom from this identity that was foisted on us. Mm -hmm. Freedom from the suffering we're creating for ourselves. Freedom from this prison that we've constructed, that we live in, that we take as how it is.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I told you this was going to be a good one, guys. So, okay, so now we've brought in the possibility that maybe our reality is not what we think it is. We've started to consider that We can just let go of stuff and become free in the now and experience whatever we want to experience in the now. So, what are some other tools do you think that are helpful in kind of guiding this process?
0: So, let's talk about stress. Yeah. Right? Which is if we think about a two state model. Yeah right? We're either in a state of stress, we're either contracted, mm-hmm. we're either like Ugh. yeah, lots of pressure, right? Lots of tension. We're afraid. We're, you know, gripping the steering wheel hard. Or we're nice and relaxed and loose and expansive and we feel positive and joyful and happy and we're excited about the future and we're curious and we're in a sense of wonder and play. The easiest way to from the state of stress that most people live in most of the time so just so you know we're wired to experience about 30 minutes of stress every three days
1: oh so we're right on track
0: right. <laughs> So, so look at, just look at your life right and, and just notice how much time you spend in stress yeah right and so if you want to the easiest way to move from stress survival tension to freedom to joy to play to expansion is to find a state of allowing Mm. because when we resist we create stress when we resist we block the flow we go out of flow and into contraction so anytime we are offering resistance to the world and this could be that the current president should not be president it could be that covid should not be happening it should be that um, this place should not require a mask. It could be that I should have 10 times more money in my bank account. It could be that my partner needs to be different. They need to be this way. It could be that you know I should be um, feeling this other way. It could be that it should not be raining. If, if you think about how much we resist reality. Oh yeah. That's clinically insane, <laughs> right? Because the only person who loses is us. Yeah. Anytime we resist, we suffer. So the root of suffering, the root of stress, the root of dis ease, because ease is just being relaxed. Dis ease is resistance, right? Resistance is the root of pretty much all our suffering, mm-hmm. right? So to move into a more positive, expansive creation paradigm, where we feel good, we have to dissolve the resistance, and we dissolve the resistance by offering an unconditional yes to what is. What is here with me, right? So if, I'll give you a practical example, right? If you want to lose weight and be fit, you can either beat yourself up mercilessly for how you look right now, put yourself in a state of stress. That state of stress will make your body hold on to fat. It'll produce more cortisol. It'll make your adrenals go haywire. It'll make you tense up and then you will stress eat because you're feeling really shitty and you want to numb these feelings of discomfort. And you're, you will pretty much stack the, the deck against yourself to lose the weight and to be fit. Or you can start appreciating yourself. You can start loving yourself. You can start accepting the way your body is right now. You can offer an unconditional yes to who you are and how you are right now. And as you do that, you find that you just start to open up. You start to relax. There's less pressure. There's less tension. There's less strain. And in this state, you don't need to stress it. You. Your body is actually in a state of ease, which means it's metabolizing food properly. It's storing less fat. And you have more energy, because you're not spending all this energy contracting around how shitty you feel and look. And so, you actually are like, wow, it's a beautiful day. Maybe I'll go for a walk. Maybe I'll go for a run. And you find that it's so much easier, more enjoyable, and fun to get to the physical state that you want to get to. And mm-hmm. the journey itself is enjoyable. So when we make things a means to an end, and we you know, create desire, which is a contract to be unhappy until we get what we ask for, we're damning ourselves to suffer. Right? that is another way we resist we're, we're saying um, almost you know, a kind of fuck you to the moment right now, to what's real right now mm-hmm. and so that is probably one of the most profound things we can do as human beings which is to offer this, this space of openness because that's actually what we are who you are most people identify themselves as the objects that they're aware of Right? an object is a thought an object is an emotion we say i am hungry we say i am fat we say i am angry we're not the emotion of anger we are what is aware of the emotion of anger we're not depressed we are the awareness of the depression we're not anxious we're the awareness behind the anxiety so when we identify as the objects in our consciousness we get lost in them we get identified in them and we lose Contact with reality. But when we recognize that we are actually the space through these thoughts, these emotions, these feelings, these physical sensations, these perceptions, these stories, this experience flows through, then we realize that we can't hold on to anything because everything is impermanent, everything is transient and we can just be the space. And what the space does, think about a pipe, a, a garden hose. That's allowing water to flow through. It's not holding the water. It's not holding on to the water. It's not resisting the water. It's just being the space through which it flows. And when we allow ourselves to be the space through which life flows, life force energy, money, love, food, breath, sound, everything, then we find that we are in the most optimal peak state that we can be in.
1: I love that and I think one of the biggest things though in currently in our society we're programmed that stress is actually the force behind you right. that makes you do the things that you don't want to do because without that yeah. you'll be a sad lump on the couch yep. that won't yep. do anything yep. because if you didn't have stress like you would just be lazy and lay on your ass all day. And you, I remember. And anxiety. Yeah, and those
0: are the two. I, mean. I, I remember the first day we met. You talked about your experience with ketamine and how it changed your life, and you said that I, something I still remember. You said, "And it felt like I had lost my edge."
1: Yes, and that is a conversation I have with a lot of people. Right,
0: <laughs> because this edge that we think we've lost—that we've
1: been taught to believe—is what's holding us together. <laughs>
0: because i had a conversation with a friend right mm-hmm. and he's he's a he's a partner at a law firm mm-hmm. and we were talking about you know some of these things and i told him like you know let's let's create the kind of internal experience that you want he's like no 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 no, I, I can't do that because if if i am not stressed and anxious all the time i won't be able to get anything done
1: yeah that's a real belief it's a real belief for a lot of very successful people
0: right Yes. And that's so sad because that's what we reduced our life to. <laughs> mhm. Right? And we think that that's when we are most optimal. Yes. But the mind is not designed to function optimally in a state of stress. The body is not designed to function optimally in a state of stress. If you look at every single metric, physiologically, yeah. neurologically, biologically, mentally, psychologically, we get worse our performance in every way in every way like the chemicals that are released the, the what the body experiences in a state of stress is absolutely insane we're not digesting food properly all the blood is going to our extremities to allow us to fight or flight or you know freeze it's we're in a global state of heightened activation right and our adrenals are hyperactive we're producing cortisol our entire body changes for us to survive. And living in survival is, slowly, is basically slowly dying. Mm-hmm. And hacking our body with more caffeine, more uppers, more stimulants, more notifications, more pressure to make us go, 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 results in only one thing that's guaranteed, which is a crash. Mm-hmm. Because anything that goes up must come down. Mm-hmm. And so most people who are in this heightened state of Stress heightened this extended state of activation over time. They find that they have some sort of a crash. They yeah. either have a health crash or you know they are so fatigued that they can't get out of bed. My partner Lee, so Lee, uh, she went through a breakup, mm-hmm. couldn't feel, didn't have the resources to feel the pain. Uh, basically, dissociated by working out like crazy. Mm-hmm. She'd go to classes, then work out more, and then work, and then go 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 she woke up with half her face paralyzed yeah bell's palsy bell's palsy mm-hmm. and uh this has become more common i have another friend
1: yeah who, our other friend had yeah. it
0: and so it's crazy because like that's i mean because body your
1: body's screaming at you yeah. and you've decided not yeah. to listen and yeah. so it finally does something that says oh you want to listen now i used to say this hilarious thing like i think that everybody gets that the universe is at first like hey yeah yeah. And then it's like hey, yeah. and then it's like hey, <laughs> and then it finally picks up a sledgehammer <laughs> and knocks it knocks you across the head. Yeah. And and your goal is to can you can you listen when it's doing this before it hits you in the head with the sledgehammer? But most people need to be hit in the head with the sledgehammer yeah. a few times yeah. before they're like, oh.
0: <laughs> Dude, this is what happened. Yeah. With my dad, right? Yeah. I saw him be in a stress response. My entire life, mm-hmm. and he retired and got he developed liver cirrhosis, mm-hmm. and in four years he was he was dead. Yeah, because he, it is he just wouldn't listen to his body, mm-hmm. and he kept dissociating with alcohol, mm-hmm. and with cigarettes, and with food, mm-hmm. and with work. Yeah, right, which are our favorite things to numb our emotions with. Yeah, and eventually, at the ripe age of sixty-four, he died. Yeah, and that's one of the big reasons why I do what I do now because I, I saw him die because he didn't love himself enough mm-hmm. and that's what self-love is to me which is like can we hold space for our emotions can we give ourselves the compassion the empathy, the space to feel can we allow ourselves to be in the experience without dissociating without numbing without repressing yeah like that's the most basic kind of self-love can we be here for ourselves Can we accept ourselves he spent his whole life running away from himself and eventually his body was like okay i guess guess we're done here i guess yeah i guess we're done here we don't need to be here yeah like if we tell ourselves our body enough times that we don't deserve to have this or be that or feel this eventually listen
1: yeah
0: and most there's actually, have you heard of German New Medicine? Mm-hmm. Or oh, dude, this is incredible.
1: Wait, this is what Ryan Freisinger does. Does it? Yes. Okay. Okay. So then, Explain this, this guy
0: called Dr. Hamer, um, I'm assuming he's German, which is why uh, I pronounce his name in a German accent. Um, <laughs> my my, ac- my the He voices. does
1: voices, that's his side job.
0: <laughs> no, I only have one voice, which is either a German or a Russian. <laughs> they all sound the same. So anyway. This is called German New Medicine and he basically found that all physical illness, all physical disease mm-hmm. is caused by what he calls self conflict. Mm. Some sort of conflict we create within ourselves in terms of you're not good enough, which is a belief we internalize in from trauma that we yeah. experience. This guy has mapped every single disease to a part of the brain where that belief is held, mm-hmm. the part of the body that's affected and the psychological condition that must be true for that to exist
1: wow so
0: it's basically creating this... physical healing yeah by resolving emotional conflicts and self-conflicts in our psychology wow absolutely mind-blowing That's and, interesting and they're proving they're proving that our physical body literally physically responds to our emotional psychological mental experience
1: yeah
0: and you know they're not separate. Our body and mind are not separate, and so we can't do this fragmented approach to here. Take this pill, and you will feel fix better. this thing. Fix this thing. Fix this thing. Yeah. So, coming back to you know what we started, I believe that there's a homeostatic response. Homeostatic basically means that the body seeks to return to equilibrium. When you have a cut, do you need to do anything to heal it? No. The body knows what to do to return to baseline that same thing exists in our mind, in our psychology. Mm-hmm. And we, if we can allow that process to unfold, which is I think why the work that you guys do at Illuma is so pivotal because you're creating a space where someone can come in and they can allow their experience to fully be here, yeah. to flow through. Mm-hmm. And in that process, they restore flow, they restore wellness. Mm-hmm. They they stimulate this homeostatic response for the body to come back to its equilibrium.
1: Yeah, which is all about connection to self. Exactly. That's all the work we do. People ask what we do. All I do is create a space to reconnect you with yourself and in that state you can heal yourself. And then I empower you and do this. And then we work with integration coaches like Ani to help you walk through that process to relearn
0: who you are is not the name that you go by. It's not the experiences you've had. It's not whatever story you tell yourself about who you are. You are just the experience of love. Anything and everything else is just a misunderstanding.
1: and I'm gonna make this
0: tangible right because we talk about this you know in in spiritual ways we talk about this in metaphysical ways and philosophical ways I'm not saying any of those things I'm, I'm saying this is literal observable empirical fact because who you are is the space in which your experience appears and flows through right your breath your physical sensations, your thoughts, your feelings, your perceptions, that space that you are offers an unconditional yes to whatever flows through it. It doesn't resist in its true nature, in its fundamental essence. And that's what love is. Love is just complete and utter unconditional acceptance. That's what the state of harmony is. That's what you are. When you are in your true nature, when you're in the state of allowing, when you're in the state of acceptance, when you're in the state of being receptive and not resisting the flow of energy through you, you thrive, you experience wellness, you are happy, you're joyful, you're present. You experience the richness of life. So your true nature is love. And to me, love is just an unconditional yes to what is. And when we offer that unconditional yes, we thrive. And I think, I really think that the the place where we need to offer the most unconditional yes is to ourselves.
1: Oh, completely.
0: Because we're so mean to ourselves. I was yes. so mean to myself for so
1: long. Oh God, that was horrible. Like so, I mean, it's just- It was ugly. It makes me sad to even think about it. Oh, it bra- I actually have cried multiple times, usually under psychedelics, thinking about the damn, You know, I've said this before, but I had this amazing EMDR experience where that was actually very psychedelic, and Mm. the visual was of a puppy hiding, do you remember the story? A puppy hiding in a cave, and I was trying to get it to come out, and then I figured out that puppy was me as a little girl or as a child or whoever, my, you know, little self and that I had beat it so bad that it was terrified of me. And it was this reality that I am the biggest abuser I've ever had on myself, that I am actually the victim of myself. And it really was like this aha moment of like, and trying to get her to trust me again. And that's what I was doing in that process because that I was trying to reconnect with myself, but I had been so harsh to my, you know, my, my vulnerable self that they did not feel safe with with me which was just this it really was a light bulb moment of awareness of what I'd done uh, after of decades of that abuse yeah I mean it was abuse and it's something that I talk to people a lot about which is like you know you want to play victim with everybody else but if I if you acted like he said earlier, to somebody else or a kid, the way you treat yourself, jail. you would be in jail. And so this a dichotomy that you're gonna judge this person for how they've acted towards you and then you're not really gonna own how yeah. you've acted towards yourself is a really hard thing to pe- for people to reconcile yeah. with, really. But it's the only way it's the only you way. do the work.
0: <laughs> I mean, I love this question. Yeah. When- um working with someone and they're talking about how they talk to themselves Mm -hmm. and i ask whose voice is that
1: oh yeah that's a good one
0: and like initially someone might initially say oh that's my voice like but no no whose voice is that where'd you learn that yeah and it's almost always our parents it's one of your parents
1: (laughs) or both of your parents depending on how that dynamic was because most
0: most parents they're acting in their unconscious nature as well
1: yeah And their voice came from their parents. And then they shall hammer it down on you. And somebody has to break the damn cycle.
0: (laughs) Trauma is passed from generation to generation until someone's brave enough to feel it.
1: And then you feel it, and then you can actually heal it backward and forward.
0: Because there is no time.
1: Yes. And that is some other beautiful work that you do but we're running out of time but ani what's coming up for you what can people where can people find you what do you have on your grand agenda of domination
0: <laughs> <laughs> which is a hilarious word for me to use um so you can find me my website is dot com. a-n-i-m-a-n-i-a-n on Instagram, Ani.M-A-N-I-A-N. I also have a podcast where I produce a lot of it's really free good. content to help people. Um, it's called You Are Limitless. Uh, just search You Are Limitless anywhere you listen to podcasts. Give it a listen. It's really a work of love. I want to help as many people as I can to come into the state of, you know, being in love with themselves and enjoying life and living with this full expression, the full embodiment of who they are. So, you know, if that's something you're interested in, definitely check out the podcast. It's free. I, I just share from my heart. And uh, if there's something that you'd like me to talk about, just shoot me a message. And, uh, you know, just know that whoever you are, wherever you are, how, however you feel about yourself and your life right now, there is another place that is available to you. And that place has so much more hope, so much more joy, so much more happiness, so much more love, so much more acceptance. And that place is right underneath where you are. It's mm-hmm. not away from you. It's not at arm's length or you know, a year away or 10 years away. It's, it's right underneath where you are. It's underneath that layer of emotions that you've been unwilling to feel. Yeah. It's underneath all those things about yourself that you've been unwilling to accept. And the journey is not out here it's down here. And if you can just go on that journey, I promise you, you will find the riches of the world. You'll find the riches of the universe down there. It's the biggest trove of treasure you will ever, ever, ever find. And it's a really fun adventure.
1: Mm. Isn't he awesome? That's why we hang out. He also just has a beautiful voice. So you could put his podcast on and go to sleep with it. Everybody is obsessed with his voice. (laughs) All right, guys. We'll see you next week.
0: Bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you're the kind of person who likes to help others, then please share this with your friends and family. You know that if you found value, they will too. So please share this episode via your social media channels. Also, if you have any questions, I'm here to assist you. Please shoot an email to ani at ani And I may even use your question for a future podcast episode. Also, if you want transformational content like this, please connect with me on Instagram at ani.manian. Finally, I do have a personal request. I believe that we're all here to help each other and to grow and evolve together. If you want to help awaken more people to their limitless nature, please leave a five-star review on iTunes. I'm grateful that with your assistance, we can transform more lives together. Thanks for listening and remember, you are limitless.